it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. disconnect here is that you have what will be over $455 million uh, if you include interest. And then on the other side of the ledger, you have zero. There's not a single dollar Mm -hmm. lost by these victims. In fact, the people that James calls the victims actually wanted to do more business with Donald Trump. They said they made a lot of money and they viewed him as a whale client. They wanted more loans with him. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state, like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now, and I'm not the only person saying that. That is Kevin O'Leary, the host of Shark Tank, as we kick off the show today saying he's never doing business in New York ever again. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We normally start with like a razzle-dazzle. You know, they release doves when they say my name. You know, people cry. You know, there's peace in the middle. Dogs lick mailmen. It's usually a very joyous opening occasion to the show. Uh, but I was walking up the streets in New York City today, and they finally got me. I, like, I legit snapped. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Just madness. What's going on in our politics? And, you know, we'll have our usual show that sounds like I'm getting paid in Tide Pods and tequila. And you can certainly be a part of it at 888-788-9910. Uh, but the fact remains, okay, what's going on as we get underway today and start this little radio odyssey, is there's so much stupidity. You know, I always say there's never been a dumber time to be alive. Okay, everything I looked at today when I was prepping the show, everything. And you think like, ah, Jimmy, he must be in a good mood. He was on Gutfeld last night with the little little comedy dwarf. Wrong. Okay, Gutfeld was great. Crowd was great. It was a phenomenal night. But as I was sitting there prepping the show this morning, the first day, I'm like, oh, no, no, that's the border thing. No, that's just, it's stupid. I can't talk about all that stupid. Then I was like, oh, the Fannie Willis thing where she was using the taxpayer money so she could hook up with her lover. That, that's, that story is just stupid. I don't know. Uh, the foreign policy, the $95 billion to Ukraine and Israel and the Indo-Pacifics, but nothing for the border. No, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. And then it, it like kind of crystallized in my brain that I don't have a story to talk about off the top of the show at any point today that's not stupid. What the hell is the world coming to? Like, remember, I was a guy when I got this show. 
when Fox was like, listen, Jimmy, all the talented people turned it down and they wanted too much money, so we're giving you a show. You know, that's basically how the stuff works. And that doesn't, you know, I'm not complaining. I was a cab driver. This is amazing. I don't care. I care how I got here. The point is I'm here. I got, I got nothing to say to the universe, but thank you. But as someone who cares, who sits down and tries to put together like, hey, we're going to do a talk show. We'll talk about what's going on. We'll exchange ideas. It'll be a nice time. As someone who's kind of wired that way, who looks at a radio show like a road trip, like we hop in the car, start it up and take this journey together. You play a song. I play. You know, we talk about stuff. Uh, I used to believe I used to believe that I wasn't smart enough to do one of these shows. And that doesn't mean I'm very smart. That doesn't mean doing this show has somehow raised my intellect and you should now copy off me on tests. I have no idea what's going on. It's just that the bar around me is so low by the people who actually run this country that I'm now somehow uniquely qualified to host a nationally syndicated talk show. That's true. That is true. Fold in the fact that I now have a Saturday night TV show that's number one in its time slot, and it's not testament to me being some type of media prodigy. I don't have any training. I don't have any background in this industry. It's just that pretty much everybody else that's feeding you ideas is terrible. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And I say that, why? The reason I wrote the book, Cancel Culture Dictionary, a New York Times bestseller, which is crazy, and I do brag about that because I'm the only community college kid on the bestseller list. But I point that out, not that so you go like, that a boy, Jimmy, but because you realize everything I'm doing, you can do too, okay? I hang out with the elites. I get to go to the fancy media parties. These people got nothing. They got nothing. The people at the top of politics, they got nothing. Okay, you don't want the story I'm about to read you off the top about the White House. Okay, these people got nothing. Okay, when I say nothing, I mean they don't have horse sense. Okay, you as a working class American, husband, wife, single person, widow, widower, whatever you whatever position you find yourself in. Okay, you right now are the youngest you're ever going to be. You know, you say to yourself, wow, you know, if only I. Knew now, you know, what I knew when I was 20, you know, I was younger. I could take advantage of some of this knowledge, you know. People say that to to themselves a lot. But you understand, to the next version of yourself, you are currently the younger version. If you're 82 years old, you're still the younger version of the next version. Okay? There's so much opportunity at your disposal in this country because so much of it comes down to the fact that, number one, you have freedom. But number two, we self-determine our outcomes. If you don't sit around and rely on the government, you just bust your ass and take advantage of your freedoms, you could be pretty much anything you want to be. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Totally. But the reason that was such a prescient statement when Reagan said it, oh, I don't know, 44 years ago... Okay, is for the same human nature that applies to what we're doing today. The government is filled up with humans, okay, flawed vessels who have their personal agendas and political ideologies and career ambitions and love affairs and everything else humans find themselves entangled in. And the truth is, in this country, you can get out there and get ahead without relying on anybody but you. So no matter how bad you might have got your ass handed to you in life this morning or earlier in the week or last week, there's no rule. There's no rule in this country that says you can't get up off the mat and amount to anything on earth you want to be. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can 
can you dig it? And I only bring that up because, as I said, in my book, Cancel Culture Dictionary, my argument is, hey, we're fighting the wrong battles. If you're going after the halftime show, it's the wrong battle. Like, if you want to help Native Americans, go out to the reservations. Help a people who have been abandoned by society because Native Americans in a lot of ways have. Okay, they have the lowest life expectancy, but highest rates of diabetes and in some instances, heart disease and alcoholism. Okay, they are uniquely challenged as a people. The answer from the woke left was, well, I've got it. I know how we'll help them. We'll change the halftime show. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, and that's what they did. Well, there's no more Washington Redskins. Never mind that the Redskins logo was donated by a Native American tribe who wanted it on the helmet, proud to have it displayed there. It was a real man's image, okay, and understand they wanted to be called the Redskins not because of some racial animus towards skin color, but because it was considered the highest honor for a brave, for a warrior, to paint your skin red and lead the tribe into battle. These were the elite of the elite. Correct the mundo. So they wanted to be called the Redskins. Okay. lo and behold, woke white people came along and said, no, no, we're the ones looking out for the Native Americans. So that logo they donated, we're getting rid of it. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Dumbest thing you ever heard of. But I mentioned this not to go into a soliloquy about my book, but pretty much everything in my book is about slacktivism and how in the modern era we don't have activism. We have slacktivism. Slacktivism means you want the credit for doing the right thing. Okay, but you don't actually want to accomplish anything on behalf of an aggrieved class. You just want to go out and say, hey, I knew better. I was morally upstanding. Ergo, we got rid of Aunt Jemima because we decided it was racist pancakes. So now a black family that's been getting royalties for 130 years no longer gets paid in the name of some type of racial equality, said woke America. Everything woke turns to So how does this tie into what's going on at the tippy top of the government? I'll explain it to you. Okay, so I'm reading this article today. Talk about fighting the wrong battles. New York Times publisher A.G. Sulzberger, okay, publisher of the New York Times, says on Monday the Biden White House is, quote, extremely upset with the media's coverage, specifically this paper's coverage of President Joe Biden's age. Okay. The Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism, uh, this is who was interviewing Sulzberger, okay? He basically told them, you know, when it comes to Biden, okay, we are just stating the truth fully and plainly, but we're also doing that in a way that is unemotional. We are not anyone's opposition. We're not anyone's lapdog, meaning we're just going to go out there and report the facts as we see them, claims the guy in the New York Times. You are so full of sh- He is. I'm not applauding him for this. Okay, I admire the candor when it comes to the White House pushback. But the New York Times has misled us on literally everything since Trump came down the escalator. The Hunter Biden laptop. The the, the Russian collusion narrative. Okay, the vaccine blocking transmission. They've been wrong about everything. But wrong implies that they tried to get it right when the truth is nine times out of ten, they were just being activists who were masquerading as journalists. And they weren't trying to get it right in terms of the facts. They were trying to get it right in terms of the electoral outcome they preferred. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. But when the New York Times, okay, which again is not Mar-a-Lago Monthly, 
It is this, it's a liberal rag for all intents and purposes, but they find themselves in this position where they have to acknowledge that people are concerned with Biden's cognitive state because 86 percent of the voters are, number one. But number two, you get a guy who's never on TV, but when he is, he's talking to dead people or he's going the wrong way at the end of an interview or he's shaking hands with someone who happens to be invisible. The point is the guy's a mess. Biden's lost his marbles. But when the White House and the Democratic Party specifically starts writing letters to the White House Correspondents Association and blasting the coverage of Biden's cognitive condition, saying many outlets have reported striking inaccuracies that misrepresent the her report's conclusion about the president, and reporters in the White House briefing room have asked questions that include false content or are based on false premises. Okay, that's the people running the White House saying, how dare you ask questions? about an issue 86% of Americans agree on. That's not your job. Your job is to shill for our party. Okay, that's the approach they're taking. But you understand to my larger point of everyone fighting the wrong battles. Okay, if we are all American teammates, if we're all shareholders on this experiment, okay, Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, we're all teammates. We all play on the same team. We might fight in the locker room. We might not get along. But when push comes to shove, we're all on the same team. If there's a war tomorrow, we're all on the same team. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of the far-left congresswomen are going to root for the terrorists. But the point is, we are in theory. <laughs> you know, there's that Hamas wing of the party. I don't want to get sidetracked, but, you know, let's be honest. Uh, the Rashida Talibs of the world, the AOCs of the world. AOC is a dope. Fine. But as it pertains to this country, we are all supposed to be teammates. And if you're really trying, which they're not, but if you're really trying to preserve this grand American experiment, if you're really trying to pursue a greater good narrative, okay, the agenda inside the White House right now, inside the Democratic Party, should not be let's excoriate the media so they stop focusing on the fact that the president's elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. No, if you really care about America and a greater good, okay, let's get a candidate who knows what planet he's on. Okay, it's not about getting better media coverage. It's about getting a better candidate. It's about getting a better leader. Special counsel Robert Hur found, I'll say it again, that Biden knowingly and willingly broke the law. He knowingly and willingly broke the law. He should be behind bars! But they're not charging him because they decided if he stood in front of a jury, every juror would look at the man based on their own experience in interviewing them and conclude... We have a president that is clearly not all there. But when you're talking about the country, when you're talking about the future, when you're talking about how fortunate we are to live here, that comes with an obligation to protect what we've been blessed with. And the reality is people in the White House screaming at the media because they're telling the truth about Biden, okay, are doing us a disservice, okay? Biden is not a topic in the news headlines, okay, because the media is a mess, Biden's the subject of all of these headlines because Biden's a mess. I agree with that. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, 
Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Gotta love the production team, Frank and Justin, playing the Rocky Four soundtrack. They're like, you know what? Jimmy wasn't angry enough in the A block. Let's work him up with some Ivan Trot. Let's see if he can snap on the air. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. <laughs> Let's see if we can work him up. He needs to sweat a little bit, maybe get some of the weight off for TV. They were obviously watching me on Gutfeld last night. Oh, we had a good time, me and Greg. Uh, a shout-out to, of course, Charlie Hurt, uh, Heather Zumaranga, and, of course, Kat Timp was in the house. We had a banger of a time, and we are putting together, wow, Fox News Saturday night this week, Brett Baer is on the show. Like, you talk about a guy who's just not, I mean, honestly, I mean this, when I, in, the, in the best sense of the word, when I say he doesn't deserve to be on my show, I'm not saying he's not good enough. I'm saying this guy is a broadcasting institution. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He, de- he deserves better. So, yes, I think you should watch Brett Bear on my show this Saturday, if only because he'll probably fire his agent right on the air. That's true. That is true. <laughs> what else is true? Uh, Nikki Haley is speaking right now uh, about the state of the 2024 election. She's having a live press conference. All the channels are covering it. Uh, CNN just actually did turn away a second ago. CNN is the worst. Okay, she's talking about her path forward in the GOP race. She says she's not going to go anywhere because the voters, 60% of which think a Biden-Trump rematch is a bad idea. Uh, That is true if you were to poll the electorate. That being said, it's obviously not her choice or decision uh, who actually gets to be on the ballot. Uh, Get her out. Get her out of here. But the thing I was talking about, Okay, at the top of the show about fighting the wrong battles. Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank was on my show over the weekend. He was on Fox News Saturday night. We just kind of hung out. I didn't really get into the, you know, the nuts and bolts of the brass tacks. But here he is saying he ain't going to sell his brass tacks anywhere near New York. This is clip three. Do you think any foreign institution or any private equity firm or any pension fund would touch New York? No. And that's why New Yorkers should be concerned. The fine people of New York should ask themselves, why are we such a loser state? How are we going to attract business? It's not just the existing businesses that are fleeing out to Texas and Florida. What about new money like this that I'm talking about, like a $4 billion data center? Not a chance I would put that in New York. Zero probability. Never. And so they've got a lot of work to do to find themselves getting out of this situation. This has all occurred post-pandemic. Winner states versus loser states. And what is he saying? Places like New York that are prioritizing the prosecution of Donald Trump while murderers run free. While the violent crime rate spikes, okay, I'm telling you because I care, okay? It's the dumbest thing you've ever heard. That's why I'm worked up. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Jimmy Fallon in the house. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Tudor Dixon. Tudor Dixon is on the show today. That's always good for morale. The crowd is giving that a hand. They're pumped up about it. She's a winner. And, of course, Tommy Laren. Tommy Laren joining us in the final hour of the show today as well. Kind of a ladies' night. Kind of a ladies' night on the show. Uh, one lady continuing to make headlines, Nikki Haley. Uh, still speaking. Uh, she Actually, she just left the stage in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. 
says, I refuse to quit the race. She is not quitting, no matter what the outcome in South Carolina. Uh, Listen, there's a lot of things in play right now, okay? The reality is Trump's killing her in South Carolina, and there's not a state you can point to where he beats, where she beats him. So in theory, you'd go get out of the way. We don't like you. We like him. You've got to go. But this is the most precarious election we've ever seen in the sense that Biden might not even be on the ticket by the time this whole thing is all over. The guy's so freaking old, such a mess. And then you've got the reality that polling shows Trump would lose significant, you know, significant support if he was convicted of a felony. We're not there yet. Okay, we're not there yet. Right now, Trump has tremendous support. The more he gets found liable for civilly, okay, the more hardened his support becomes. So I am call me a holdout when it comes to the theory that if Trump gets convicted of something, people are going to walk away from him because he's already been ordered to pay eighty three million dollars for sexual assault. He owes three hundred and fifty five million dollars for this absurd, absurd claim that he inflated the value of his assets. There's not a bank out there, not a bank out there, okay, that thinks this is okay, meaning there was no victim. Trump was charged with the financial equivalent of murder, but there's no dead person, okay? That's the reality. That's what Kevin O'Leary was talking about. He was talking about New York being a loser state. Uh, Here's another clip, clip two. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state, like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now, and I'm not the only person saying that. Okay, listen, he's not. Why would you go someplace with high taxes, too much regulation, and a soaring crime rate where their only answer is to go after Donald Trump. That's what Letitia James ran on. She's an election denier. You know, they tell you election denials, you know. She ran on in 2016, I'm going to get this illegitimate president. That was her promise to voters. I'm going to get this illegitimate president. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Seriously. Because in that soundbite, she's guilty of everything they're telling you you can't do. Denying the legitimacy of an election, number one. But two, weaponizing the justice system. Okay, they didn't have a crime. They had a defendant. And they went and found a crime. Okay, what's Trump done his whole life? Oh, real estate. Okay. Let's go find an angle to charge him for real estate. And what did they ultimately wind up charging him with? Something everybody in real estate development does. To borrow against your assets... Okay, you give them a property assessment as collateral. They, in return, make their own determination as to whether or not this is an accurate assessment and then sign off on it. They don't take Trump's word for it. They take their own word for it. They do their, it's called due diligence. And based on the borrower's um, history for paying things off on time, meeting their financial obligations, the bank makes a determination. In this instance, every single bank wanted to do business with Trump, and none of them is claiming to have lost a penny. Here's Jonathan Turley talking about it, clip one. Part of the the disconnect here is that you have what will be over $455 million uh, if you include interest. And then on the other side of the ledger, you have zero. 
There's not a single dollar mm -hmm. lost by these victims. In fact, the people that James calls the victims actually wanted to do more business with Donald Trump. They said they made a lot of money and they viewed him as a whale client. They wanted more loans with him. Think about that. They wanted to do business with him. Yet they're out there charging him as if he did somebody wrong. That's not right. No, it's not right. But that's what you're dealing with in this moment. The reason every news story is stupid to me when I'm putting the show together is because everybody involved has kind of it's like a broken compass in that they're going in the dumbest direction possible in the name of preserving their own political power. Okay, that's what all the persecutions of Trump are about. You don't have to like Trump. I don't get on the air and say you got to be a Trump guy to listen to this show. I don't care. Trump's going to be fine. Trump's married to a supermodel, okay? A su I mean, come on, man. Hubba, hubba. <laughs> this guy's going to be great. He's a billionaire. He's married to a supermodel. But they're absolutely trying to destroy the guy. And they're trying to destroy the guy not because no one's above the law. Okay, we just found out last week that the sitting president's above the law. They're just not going to charge him because his elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. Biden is such a disaster. But they're saying, no, he knowingly, willingly broke the law. Okay, knowingly and willingly retained those documents, but we won't charge him because, you know, the jury's going to see him as an elderly man with a very poor memory who will come off as sympathetic, so we'll save you the, the trouble. Okay, that's what they said. But they didn't say, like, he didn't break the law. They said he broke the law. But understand, when there's a double standard as it pertains to justice, there is no standard. It's bad for you as a liberal if you charge Trump and not Biden, just the same as it would be bad for you as a Republican if they charge Biden and not Trump, because it fractures our belief in the judicial system. All of the principles that this country was founded on that have made it great for as long as it has are being torn apart. In the name of protecting them. That's what they tell you about democracy. Democracy's on the ballot in 2024. And the only way to preserve it is to take people off the ballot. Democrats are so full of crap. Okay, that's not democracy. But this is the biggest problem we have right now. If everything in the world revolves around get Trump, everything in the world... Okay, that scorched earth campaign is what ultimately destroys all the common culture that gives Americans an ability to coexist. That's why I do the Twinkie Munch show that I do. Okay, I say this all the time. Pop culture fractured because they tried to turn it into a political battleground. We used to watch sports to put our political differences aside. Okay, then one day you turned on the football game and everybody on the sideline was kneeling. I'm surrounded by idiots. Total idiots. They're like, oh, we're mad at the cops. We're kneeling. Never mind that the cops are on the sidelines to keep us safe. And they're doing the most difficult and necessary job in America. And there's no empirical data to support the fact that cops are racist or disproportionately targeting people of other colors. Okay, that's not going on. Plenty of people will tell you the cops are racist, but nobody will give you the data to go with it. Put up or shut up. They don't have to shut up. That's the problem. Okay, and that's also the good thing. We live in America. You can say whatever the hell you want. Okay, but so much of what being said is being done in the name of dividing us as a people. Every one of the race pimps, every one of the Russia pimps, every one of the vaccine pimps, Every one of the Trump is going to jail because nobody's above the law and he did business the way everybody who borrows in real estate does business. It's all a grift. It's all a scam. 
But you understand it's taking areas of common culture and turning them into divisive battlefronts. Sports became a battleground for a long time. Celebrities in Hollywood lost us. Okay, Oscar viewership fell 80% under Trump because nobody wanted to watch people give them a lecture about equality when they were wearing a dress that cost more than their house. Okay, seriously, nobody wanted to turn on the Oscars and hear celebrities lecture us about Trump's border policies. We should be building bridges and not walls. And then what did they all do? They went home to their mansions surrounded by walls. Bingo. Not a single Hollywood celebrity who yelled, we should be building bridges, not walls, that has a bridge onto their property that lets anybody who wants to walk onto their property. He knows what he's talking about. It was all posturing. It was a manufactured hysteria. And they're acting on that manufactured hysteria to get one guy. And they're taking down the whole country in an effort to get one guy who, oh, by the way, if we were going to get technical, you don't have to like Trump's Twitter feed. The border was better. The economy was better. Crime was better. The fentanyl situation was better. And the foreign policy, my God. Trump normalized relations between Arabic nations and Israel, something people said could never be done. He did get some NATO allies to increase spending. We didn't have a war in Ukraine. We didn't have a war going on in Gaza. Okay, China hadn't encircled Taiwan. Why? Because they respect peace through strength. We went from peace through strength to chaos through teleprompter. Okay, and the sad reality is the people in Washington would rather have that chaos and teleprompter because it's better for their bottom line. Okay, they get to fund endless wars. They get to expand the size of our government. They get to limit more of your freedoms. They get to hand the taxpayer a bigger bill for all of the mass migration they're allowing into the country. That's what's going on with all the entitlements. Thanks, big government weenuses. And then they're like, I've got it. Yeah, this is pie-in-the-sky stuff, and it's expensive. But what we'll do is we'll increase the size of the IRS, and they'll go tax the rich, and the rich will take care of all these (laughs) pie-in-the-sky... No, they won't. Okay, the rich, you understand, when they get attacked by the IRS, they don't go, all right, you got me. Here's all the money you want. Go blow it on stupid stuff, governments, that $34 trillion in debt. Okay, the rich are rich because they're good with money. Okay, when the government comes after them, you hit the rich with a letter. Okay, you get back an attorney. You get back an accountant. You get back a five-year prolonged negotiation that ends in a settlement for a lot less money than they owe. That's how it works. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. So if the answer is, well, the only way to handle all this spending is, uh, you know, the IRS has got to go reclaim more taxes. That always comes back to you and me. I've been audited three times. Started when I was a cab driver. I wasn't even making money. Okay, Jenny's first Mother's Day, her first Mother's Day, we hosted Mother's Day in the house we rented for nine years uh, before we moved into the house where we live. So I was driving the taxi full-time. Lincoln was, you know, well, born in November. It's about six months old. If I got that wrong, forgive me. Uh, but they called me into the IRS because they believed I was hiding income because they're like, you're so poor. How could you possibly be getting by on this money? (laughs) And the only reason I'm laughing is obviously they weren't married to a farm girl. They didn't know how resourceful you can be when it comes to stretching your dollar, whether it's food or diapers. I mean, Jenny made Lincoln's diapers. We cloth diapered our baby. So we could afford to diaper a baby. We had homemade cloth diapers. You could reuse them. You could throw out the liners. You could wash them. You could use them again. That's how it worked. 
And they were, you know, apoplectic that we were getting by on that level of money. But you understand there's a teachable moment in that. In that who were they going after to reclaim their dollars? Was it the big, giant, billionaire, fat cat, pay a fair share? <laughs> understand this is under, you know, this is under Barack Obama, man. I mean, think about that. You got a President Obama. I get called in. Remember Obama got into office after the housing collapse, the financial collapse, the big fat cats got to pay their fair share. And who's the first guy they went after? The cab driver making $16,300 a year trying to support a family. I mean, that's what was going on in that moment. I mean, dude. That is totally absurd. But that's who they come after. And then, like, you continue to do, you know, I did my taxes on TurboTax. So, like, a few years later, I had, like, a, like a process error where they dragged you in and you owed them, like, 1200 bucks. But, again, who were they going after? It's not to say they don't go after rich people just the same, but the rich people don't have to pay. Okay, the IRS sends me a letter. You give them whatever the hell they want. You don't want any trouble. Okay, that's the point. I got audited, what, last year? Maybe, yeah, a year and a half ago. And uh, the guy was extremely pleasant. And you know what he actually said to me? I'm not even on the phone. He goes, wow, you're the most famous person I've ever audited. I actually saw you on TV the other day. I was like, huh, really? So you see me on Fox News and decided to audit me. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I don't know. But, you know, they were pleasant. We had fun. Everybody got documentation back and forth. But we weren't talking about a lot of money. That's the point. We're not talking about a lot of money. So, so much of what's happening in this country okay, is a deterioration in the quality of life that we get the bill for. That's what's happening. It's like, look, think of something like student loan forgiveness. Okay, the reason a lot of college kids are in debt is because colleges will charge whatever the hell they want for jobs that don't have commensurate job programs. All right, so you're going to get a four-year degree for $375,000 studying transgender squids. We heard there's one somewhere in the Pacific. Uh, we'll get you a slideshow. We'll talk about how it impacts the culture. and the, Is it harder or easier to live in America if you're a transgender squid? And All right, anyway, four years is up. Pay up. And then somebody's all of a sudden, you know, $400,000 in debt. Pay up, suckers. That's how it works. But that's why college tuition's out of control because there's no mechanism in place that controls what the colleges are charging people. Kids take out these loans because they were told they need a four-year degree. I'm sitting here as a guy who went to community college and majored in Nintendo on the New York Times bestseller list with my own TV show and radio show. I promise you, you don't need the big fancy degree. You need a work ethic, but you don't need the big fancy degree. But the point is the people with the work ethic are the ones that are paying for everybody else in this day and age. And they are putting the bureaucratic boot on the neck of everybody trying to get ahead. And one of the main reasons why it's happening in this gradual, apathetic way is because we are as divided as we are again and again and again. Okay, turning sports into a battleground, turning music into a battleground, turning movies into a battleground, turning comedy into a battleground. It denied us common culture. We now see everything through the lens of well, what does the other side think about this? And that'll determine whether or not I like it or hate it. And that's that whole divided house will fall thing. OK, guys, I'm just telling you because I care. The Constitution was not designed so Republicans could fight Democrats over who controls the government. The Constitution was designed so the government doesn't control us. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. 
taking the edge off one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. So much going on at Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And we're getting back out on the road next week. I am in Idaho Falls. Hey, girl. Colonial Theater, Friday night, March the 1st. to see me and my cousin Tommy is coming up. Cactus. That's a big deal. He's coming up for the show. He is, of course, uh, a chef. He cooks for the football team at the University of Utah out there in uh, Salt Lake City. He's coming up to the show, and then uh, we'll hang out and get rip-roaring drunk, and then I'm flying over to Sacramento to hang out with Gavin Newsom and slang some jokes at the Crest Theater in Sacramento uh, next Saturday night, March the 2nd. Then we go down to Florida for a great Southern swing. I'm talking about, man, oh boy, oh man. We're going to be in Ponte Vedre. We're going to be at the Amaturo in Fort Lauderdale Friday night, March 8th. We're in Ponte Vedre Saturday, March 9th. And then we round it out in March the 29th at the Helena Civic Center, the 30th in Spokane, Washington. Pretty rowdy month of March. We'll get into the other dates as well. But the point is, uh, you've heard me say this a lot on the air. And if you've been to one of these shows, you know I'm telling the truth. Okay. We have a very unique moment in politics on our hands right now. And what I mean by that is, you know, I am the most basic model. Like I have, as broadcasters go, I'm like a Commodore 64, old school technology. But I've got a lot of phenomenal, fun-loving fans that show up and, you know, make fun of me and laugh at the jokes and dress like me and get rowdy at the after party. It's a really unique experience, but there's so much validation for you in going because you realize there are cool people left in this country and they all listen to Fox Across America. Tell them like it is. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is. Here we go. Here we go. Big hour coming your way. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, bringing you an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour. Tudor Dixon, the bell of the ball. the most Tudor-friendly broadcast outlet in the world. She'll be on Fox News Saturday night with me this coming Saturday. She attempts to become the first guest to be a two-time winner of the Yellow Jacket. If you've never seen my TV show, uh, it functions very much like this show in that everybody's welcome. We say you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, just don't be a That is all. But at the end of the show, the one thing we do uh, in an effort to salute the panelist who had the best performance of the night, is we borrow from a tradition that started in my taxi garage, where the driver who had the best shift at the end of 12 hours uh, would get awarded the yellow jacket. It was like a little inside joke we do in the locker room, and we had this tattered, disgusting yellow jacket that was worn by every cabbie in America, probably had body lice. (laughs) But anyway, we have recreated that jacket for Fox News Saturday night. And uh, as tradition goes, the panelist who is the best gets a yellow jacket. So Tudor Dixon has won one, uh, and we will, I don't know, she could try her hand at winning a second one uh, this coming Saturday night. Tune in if you want to see Tudor go for the gold. Uh, But right now, you've tuned in for some radio, so uh, without further ado, uh, I will perform those duties. Here's the deal. Okay, and it matters. That's why I'm saying it. Okay, the stuff going on, man, this is nuts. It's just like it's theater. I'm at a loss for words describing it. 
I'm always careful about how I articulate these messages to you. I'm mindful of the fact that a lot of people are listening to me in my community college acumen. That can't be good. Well, that's, you know, how I think. I'm mindful of how I impact the culture because I'm new and I want to help the world. I'm one of those people. Fox gave me a radio show and a TV show, and I was like, I've got it. I'll help the world. Are you stupid or something? Probably. But I feel like I can help the world a lot in just saying, hey, man, everybody's just got to calm down uh, because it's gotten so out of control. And so many of these political theater performances. Remember the one we talked about last week? It was Fanny Willis. Fanny Willis or Fanny Willis. Uh, I believe the correct pronunciation is jackass. Uh, but the point being is Fanny Willis took the stand last week because she was accused of bad ethics in her probe into Donald Trump, as you remember. Uh, but lo and behold, after hearing her and her man testify, it became painfully apparent that uh, this was a couple that did everything by the book. Uh, and, of course, that book was the Karma Sutra. Jimmy's got jokes, but here is Fonny Willis. Okay, the woman who is attempting to put her thumb on the scale of the 2024 election by convicting Donald Trump criminally, perhaps, you know, scaring off some of his support, maybe even justifying some of the attempts by states like Colorado and Maine to take the guy off the ballot altogether. Okay, here she is over the weekend after i mean i got to be honest man she embarrassed the country she embarrassed the country when she took the stand last week in atlanta and did the whole i'm just going to be angry and you know get my way out of this her dad took the stand but what were they ultimately saying to america when all the theatrics subsided you know these were a people that used large amounts of cash to subsidize an extramarital affair that we only know about because the people trying donald trump for some type of an ethical violation, actually went out and committed one. I think he's got a point. Well, I do. Well, the point is that uh, they're both full of <laughs> Okay, but here's Fannie Willis over the weekend. She's in an Atlanta Berrien church where whenever things go sideways, and again, I was raised in the church, so I'm not giving you a hard time about going by any stretch. Okay, the only people who give you a hard time about going to church are the COVID lockdowns. Like you couldn't go to church because of COVID while you were allowed to go riot and loot a Nike store. They're like, no, no. Forget about that. It's a sophisticated virus. It's it's anti-religion. But if you want to go jump, burn down a police station, <laughs> the vi- you, you're immune. There's a public health exception for burning down police stations in Seattle. Oh, Minneapolis, just the same. Go get them. Uh, that's what was going on. There was a double standard when it came to public health initiatives, which, again, means there was no standard, which is why people don't buy into the leadership from our public health directives that were passed down to us by guys like Dr. Fauci. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. But one of the other big problems we have, I've spent a lot of time on, is people like Fonnie Willis are making it impossible to buy into the legitimacy of the prosecutions in this country. It seems like we have a two-tier justice system. And Fonnie Willis, whenever she gets in trouble for doing something wrong, as a lot of people do, they go to church, they try to recollect themselves reconnect with the Lord, write their way, find some spiritual guidance. But she uses these events to basically talk for sound bites. They videotape them, stream them back out to the world, which means you're just watching, uh, long story short, political theater. That is correct. So here she is, okay, in the face of, hey, you swore under oath that you didn't hire this guy because you were sleeping with him. 
You said that didn't start until after the probe began. <laughs> Why do we know that? Because her former roommate, a woman whose condo she ultimately took over, a friend she's known for 30 years, said that the relationship between Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade predated the investigation into Donald Trump by four years. So uh, I guess we have some issues. <laughs> well, you'd think we'd have some issues. But Fannie Willis, to her credit, said the whole, you're just bringing this stuff up because I'm a strong black woman. That is absolutely the most ridiculous excuse I have ever heard in my entire career as a disciplinarian. But she runs to the church, puts on the video cameras this weekend, not to give you a factual refusion of the allegations against you, but to just speak in uh, generalities, talk in Scripture, and say you're not going to get me because I can quote Scripture. Okay, listen, I can quote Scripture, but if I break the law, they're going to lock me up. Bingo, man, bingo! In her position, I don't know that she's necessarily broken the law, but she's absolutely tainted the legitimacy of the prosecution. She ran on getting Donald Trump, just the way Letitia James ran on getting Donald Trump. Does that sound like justice is blind in this moment? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. It's not justice is blind. This is justice, okay, has the hots for one particular public figure because these women know, like Alvin Bragg knows, that going after Trump makes you a national name. You can fundraise off it. You can run for your political office off of it. And you can ultimately fail upward in the Democratic Party. That's how the party works. Most of the people in the Democratic Party fail upward. They're not, like, uniquely qualified. Like, I'll give you an example. Pete Buttigieg is your transportation secretary. Okay, transportation secretary. He's in charge of every road in America, every plane, every bridge, you know, every runway, every plane runway, every bridge, everything in America, all the infrastructure. Okay, but as the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, he was so bad at maintaining quality roads, they nicknamed him Pothole Pete. So Pothole Pete, who couldn't get you functioning roads in South Bend, is now in charge of every road in America. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Of course it is. But he failed upward. He ran for office. Okay. Dropped out. Agreed to endorse Joe Biden. At which point, the fact that he had run and made a national name for himself allowed him to fail upward. He was a bad mayor. He was a bad candidate. He's now the transportation secretary. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. A lot of people feel that way. I mean, think of Kamala Harris. When she dropped out of the presidential election cycle, she was polling behind ISIS. She said Joe Biden, okay, fought, fought against integrated school busing in the 70s. She said she believed his sexual assault accuser, Tara Reid, but lo and behold, what did she do? Failed upward to the vice presidency because the minute Biden called, the same woman who said he was a rapist and a segregationist said, yeah, I'll take the job. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. Okay, Democrats fail their way upward. Joe Biden ultimately became the president. On his third try, don't ever forget, he was laughed out of the presidential election all the way back in 88 for lying and embellishing on his own academic accomplishments. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. 
I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. <laughs> You're an idiot! He's just full of it. But he's failed his way up for over time. He ran in 2008 and described Barack Obama as the first clean and articulate black man we had running for president. Those are his actual words. What the hell did you just say? Okay, but he ultimately failed upward onto the ticket, even though he was a disaster as a candidate. They wanted someone older who had been around Washington to co-sign for Obama, a guy who had absolutely, positively zero political experience. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Okay, he failed his way upwards. So many Democrats fail their way to positions of prominence that ultimately afford them higher office. That's why Fonnie Willis is prosecuting Trump. Okay, number one, it makes her a national figure. Number two, it finances some pretty steamy behavior after hours. I love it when you talk dirty. So when you see her retreating, though, you know, to sound bites in church and trying to make this about race or some type of an animus towards women, okay, the one thing you won't see in any of this is a factual refusion of what she's accused of. And you understand there's an old adage. There's an old adage. You've probably heard it on the show before. When you have the facts, you pound the facts. When you got nothing, you pound the table. Here is Fonnie Willis pounding the table uh, with a Bible, no less, clip 35. People send you stuff, you read them, they just kind of become things you recite, but you don't really think about what they say. The scripture they keep sending me is, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I need y'all to hear me, though. They did not say the weapons will not form. And that's the part I didn't hear until recently. Just because they won't prosper, it doesn't mean that they won't form. Straight clown stuff. Because when you really are trying to hide behind religion, and I understand, you know, people go into it through adversity. The church is, you know, it's there and you need it and you use it and you're smart to use it. But that being said, she's using it to curate sound bites that can characterize people's issues with what she's doing as a way of discrediting them, as a way of saying like, hey, you got these bad people doing this bad stuff. But the reality is, okay, she's just a circus clown. <laughs> she charged the taxpayers to subsidize a steamy romance she was having off the books with a married guy. Okay. There's not a race or a gender we'd be okay with doing that. Okay. Especially if we're getting the bill. And that's the point I'm trying to make of people failing upward. We as a country, we as it doesn't matter if you're Republican, you're Democrat, you're anything in between. It doesn't matter. Okay, we pay for this garbage. And there's no reason any of us should be doing it. And I think if you ever wanted to get to a day in America where we were going to make progress, you know, the things you hear about meritocracy, we got to bring back a meritocracy. We absolutely positively do. Putting people in positions of power just because we've never had one before. You know what? We never had a gay transportation secretary. Let's hire Pete Buttigieg. We've never had a we've never had we've never had uh, a female, a black female vice president. Let's get one. OK, I love the idea of breaking barriers. 
But the reason Jackie Robinson is so culturally significant is not because he broke the color barrier. It's because he was a phenomenal baseball player of impeccable character. It's not just that he broke the barrier, but that he paved the way for so many other people to follow in his footsteps because he was the best of the best. Okay, what we're doing now is fighting half the battle. Let's throw somebody in there just because instead of taking the time and doing our due diligence to get someone who is actually uniquely qualified. Kamala Harris is a useless vice president. That being said, there are 10 million people out there that would probably be phenomenal black female vice presidents. They're just not getting a chance because they didn't join the Democratic Party and have a chance to fail their way upward. Okay, but nobody should have that chance in a meritocracy. We need people who succeed. Douglas MacArthur's famous quote is not there several substitutes for victory. It's there's absolutely no substitute for victory. So we shouldn't be accepting them anywhere we look. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Tudor Dixon. Coming by in the next break. It's going to weigh in on new border policy from the governor of Mich- Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, uh, joining her constituents in places like Massachusetts uh, in calling on regular, everyday Americans to house migrants. <laughs> That's going on right now. Okay. There is actual, and Gretchen Whitmer is calling for this in her state of the state address. If you live in Michigan, it's time for you to open your doors to the illegal immigrants. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Good question to ask Governor Whitmer. Okay. Nobody, 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 nobody should be opening their doors to illegal immigrants. Most importantly, the United States of America. I have all the compassion in the world, man. I get people want to come here to make a better life. What's so fabulous about this moment is you got 10 million people coming here for a better life, while at the same time the Democrats are telling you the country's a racist hellhole where minorities can't get ahead. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, 10 million minorities are trying to get into the country. Democrats are so full of crap. Oh, totally. No, nah, it's racist, oppressive. You can't get ahead if you're a minority here. That's why they're walking a 1,000 miles to get in. That's what's going on right now. It's so it's fabulous, man. We're living in the death of shame. But the idea that people are coming here illegally, illegally, they're breaking our laws. Okay, I don't want anybody in my house who's already established they have no respect for the law. But more importantly, I don't want to screw over the people who came here legally, legally. Build a wall, okay, is not screw you foreigners. We don't want you. There's not a single Republican who says we don't want migrants. Not one. Okay, the only thing anybody's saying is come here legally. Come here legally. Okay, this idea that this government incentivized the humanitarian crisis that's ensued is barbaric. It's criminal. It's disgusting. And now that all the sanctuary cities who claimed no human being was illegal, we should be building bridges and not walls. Well, now that people are actually showing up, okay, and coming into these sanctuary cities, 
Okay, what is every one of these no human being, you know, Democrats saying about them being illegal? They're saying, get them out of here. Get them out. They want them out. Okay, now they're saying, no, no, you should take them into your house. You know, the people who broke the law and already established that they don't observe the laws. You should let them live in the house with you and the family. No, you should. No, for real. Pay for it. Buy them food. Do all that stuff. That's what they're telling you. And they want to sell it to you like it's like your civic obligation. No, you pay taxes so the government does its job, which in this point it's not doing, which is why we have the situation we have. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. We are fired up to talk to this next guest. Uh, she was on my TV show a month ago, and it went so well we haven't spoke since. I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. Joining me now, straighten this out, have the what are we talk. Tudor Dixon, host of the Tudor Dixon podcast, in the house, and the crowd goes wild. Hey, girl. Hey, thanks for talking to me again, finally. <laughs> there were some holdouts. Uh, but no, no, let's to be clear, the American people need to know we're getting the band back together not once but twice this week. We're on the radio, and we are on the TV Saturday night, correct? I know. I'm excited. But, I'm very excited to see you Saturday. Oh, Tudor, that makes one of us. I kid. Stop it's it, Tudor. Big, <laughs> it's going to be a big day. It well, is a primary day. Well, no, I, I, I'm thrilled as you are to be covering uh, Nikki Haley's victory speech after she loses by 35. <laughs> <laughs> she's staying in for the long haul so oh, it'll a... it's not the last victory speech that we will be listening <laughs> to <laughs> it's gonna be fun to watch but i did not bring you on to talk about nikki haley there are other women in politics who need a good talking to right now i believe one of them is the sitting governor of michigan so is this correct that we're essentially now going to start asking uh citizens of your great state to house migrants it's so shocking, but it's true that they have an office of global Michigan. I mean, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> so they have this office of global Michigan, and that office is, is asking for people to house migrants in their home. And the question is, like, is this vetted? I mean, because people will sign up for this. That's the, that's the thing that is upsetting is that people will sign up for this to make sure they're good citizens because there are people out there that want to be good citizens. Who is vetting this? They're not even vetting who's coming across the border. So now we're just going to have people get on planes and go into people's homes. And at what point, what has to happen before people actually stand up and say, okay, we've put our own citizens in a massively dangerous situation? Yeah, I mean, really, Tudor Dixon is on the line. I mean, there's probably a good reality show to be had. Uh, John and Kate plus Ocho or something like that because you can't do eight. But, I mean, I might watch it, but I don't know that I'd want to live it. But what's so crazy about this, and this is, you know, I appreciate that you and I get to have these conversations. I really do because, you know, we do a lot of razzle-dazzle stuff on TV. But when we get to the substance of our discussions, we're basically talking to the world as parents, as Americans, you know, as people who kind of gravitate towards the common sense corner of the room. Okay, the reality that anyone is being asked to house anybody uh, does speak to a dereliction to protect the country by the people running it, does it not? Absolutely. But it also calls into question, is the government now going to take taxpayer dollars and give it to people who are going to house migrants and house these people? I mean, you look at how many tax dollars 
have been taken from people, from hardworking American citizens, and given to people who are not a part of this country. And it's just fascinating to me. We talked to a woman from Chicago last week, and she said to me, you know, I was friends with Mayor Johnson. I thought I knew who I was voting for. And I think that's the real mystery here is we don't actually know who we're voting for because then her own local park gets picked up and they say, we're transforming this into an area where we're going to move migrants in and it's no longer going to be for the kids who need the community center in downtown Chicago. And she had to fight this. So this is the point now. We are at the point where it's not about whether or not your government can help you. It's how hard are you willing to fight back against the government that's going to take your money and hurt you. Yeah, it's so crazy. We're talking to Tudor Dixon. We're a little fired up today because you're making a good point. It's like you're, we're now like subsidizing the own, our own quality of life decline. Like it's bizarre, but when you phrase it that way, that the government's spending your tax money on things you don't actually support that are weakening the experience here in America, it's almost insane. But doesn't that, honestly, Tudor, just to back up off of this for a second, doesn't that speak to the fact that us being as divided as we are politically is why this is happening to us. I don't. I think a lot of people are seeing politics through the lens of Democrat versus Republican when it's really just citizens versus government at this point, is it not? Absolutely. But I will pick on both sides here because Fair. I hear people from both sides coming to you as the citizen and saying, this is broken. You need more government to fix it. I'm like, no, stop. Mm-hmm. I don't want government. No. I don't want you to fix it. We were fine without you. I mean, and it's the propaganda that is so strong. This same person that I had on the podcast, she was talking about how I said, well, what is your deterrent in downtown Chicago from, from voting for a Republican? Like, why have you historically hated Republicans or, or not voted for them? You know, not hated, but not voted for them. And she, you know, she gave me the talking points that I kind of expect. And she, one of them was, mm-hmm. you know, this voter ID is just, it's very disenfranchising to, to minority communities. And I'm like, that's so interesting because we have not got, done a good job of actually talking about what Democrats did there. They so manipulated that they used the minority community as a scapegoat. Hey, they are going to take away your vote, but they really used them to make it so that they could bring in people without an ID and have them vote and have them take the money away from the minority community. I mean, it's such a joke. Yeah, that's insane. That's a great point, Tudor. So when you take this full circle, when that, those voter ID laws were being passed in places like Georgia and Biden called it Jim Crow on steroids, which I got to be honest with you, uh, not really an accurate comparison to history. But to take it a step further was part of the motivation, what you just described, which is if they knew they were going to bring in eight million people uh, and give them the right to vote. Obviously, mandating a voter ID would make it harder for illegals to vote out of the gate. Do you think one is part of the other? Well, you think about it, and if you talk to any person, any black person, they're going to tell you, of course I have an ID. I need an ID to go to the doctor's office. I need an ID to get anything I want. I need an ID. I need an ID to get a COVID shot. You know, of course I have an ID. But the propaganda is very strong when you hear – it doesn't matter when you hear, well, there are people who can't get it. I mean, I'm not going to check to see if every white person on planet Earth is capable of getting an ID. So maybe I could be convinced. Well. Maybe maybe there are people that I'm not thinking about that can't get it, but that wasn't what it was about ever. They used the entire black community in the country to say, we don't need voter ID. But what was that doing? 
making it easier for people who don't live in this country to vote, and those people are getting free health care in California. How shocking that is, is that? That is amazing. Well, listen, I've always said, you know, I, I think of the founding fathers, and I believe when this country was founded, they said, hey, if we can't pay for sex changes for illegal immigrants, <laughs> what kind of country are we, Tudor Dixon? I'm kidding. That- <laughs> That's true. I mean, People if, always, we, if I can't see my daughter tackled by a boy on the basketball court, then who am I? <laughs> what are what are we as a country when women have their own bathroom and their own level playing field? It's so psychotic, though, how transactional a lot of liberal politics have become in that regard, because this whole argument about the men competing against the women is occurring on the 50th anniversary of Title IX which was, of course, implemented to give women a level, a level playing field. Isn't that crazy that Title IX is now being picked up as Title Nine inches by the liberals? <laughs> it's great, but, you know, you talk about the bathroom, and I will just say that there's a hotel by your studios that I stayed at the last time I was in New York, and I had never been to an all-gender bathroom. I know that sounds Weird. crazy, but, you know, it's not the one where anybody can use it. You go in, and you are in a stall next to a dude. That's and you weird. wash your hands. And I went in and I was like, oh, wow, we're really doing this. Like, I'm in a stall next to a guy. And then I hid in the stall until he left because I didn't want to wash my hands next to him. And I'm an adult. And it's, it is. It's just it's weird. It's not what we asked for. And uh, I, I completely get that. And listen, I've, I've had my fair share of co-ed trips to the bathroom, but maybe not for those purposes. Uh, but let's clean this up. It's a family program, Tudor. Uh, but the point is... When we push back against something like that, they're portraying it as some type of, you know, denial of services, which is what they say about athletics, too. But we're not denying anyone's services. We're just saying they should be uh, partaking in things that are specific to their gender, right? Right. Of you're, course. You know, you're like, but, but the way they characterize it is like Tudor Dixon said trans people shouldn't be allowed to use the bathroom. That's what they do with sports. But it's so effective. That's what I mean with the propaganda. It is so effective. And that's why there will be people in the state of Michigan who will say, yes, I don't care if the person is vetted. Bring them to my house because I want to be helpful. And that person has a great heart, but they don't know how dangerous this actually is. I mean, you think about – I remember a few few years back there was a story of these people who were like, we're going to go camping through Afghanistan because we don't believe that the Taliban is that bad. And guess what? They were murdered. And everybody was shocked that they were murdered while they were camping in enemy – I mean in terrorist territory. And it's like you guys have got to understand that there is danger in the world. And that is actually – that is where I expect my government to step in to protect us when there is danger, and that means that that you should have public safety, and that means that you should vet people that are coming into the country. Those are not big government things. Those are standard government things, and that's where we're letting that go, and we're bringing in big government to solve other problems. I mean, you've got this situation where you have massive crime, and people are like, oh, my gosh, how can we have – like community centers for these people. No, no, no. If you murder someone, you go to prison. Yeah, imagine that. Uh, <laughs> nobody, by the way, like in the modern liberal version of Monopoly, nobody goes to jail. You just keep circling right. the board. It is. It's crazy. These are good. I mean, Tudor, you're very sharp, uh, but we're so serious. Uh, you know, Saturday night, know. we're Sorry, doing. Not no, I no, no, no. We did some serious adulting today. I think. I think Sarah and the press team <laughs> is actually proud of you. We this hasn't been a reference to anything. Boobs, dri- nothing, nothing to like. <laughs> I would almost that's, think it's a Tudor Dixon impersonator. Saturday night. Saturday night. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have cover bands now. They tour. Like, you you become such a smash hit. You're like, you know, someone starts a, gov- a Guns N' Roses cover band called Paradise City or something. We have a Tudor Dixon cover band on the line. I kid. But Saturday night, no, it's going to get rowdy. Like, I'm so, I'm so excited uh, to get the band back together. And something we didn't explain to the audience is you could become the first two-time winner of the Yellow Jacket on my show. We don't have any two-time winners yet. Oh, man, that's a lot of pressure. That, that is a lot of pressure. And can you confirm for the listeners that you didn't develop any type of body rash after wear, wearing the yellow jacket? <laughs> no, I cannot confirm it, that. I don't want to lie. <laughs> Tudor, we washed that thing. And just so you know, that's not the I real yellow jacket. Uh, the one that was worn in my taxi garage, I actually couldn't. People have asked me that. They're like, is that the one from your garage? And I'm like, no, no, the one, the one from my garage, like, I couldn't actually put that on, like, real regular TV people because it was disgusting. That was part of the joke. But, uh, I mean, you're a sport. You might wear it for the photo op, but there's a lot of people I might get tased for even suggesting it. But that's what we like you. You're real people, Tudor Dixon. And uh, we're about to successfully get off the phone without anyone hitting a dump button. I haven't gotten a single phone call from legal. This, this doesn't even count, this interview, Tudor. We better bring our A game on Saturday. I'm ready. I'll be there. You're the best, girlfriend. I'll see you in the green room. Take care. Okay. Bye. The great Tudor Dixon. We love her. She's hilarious. Always great on the TV show. Get her out. Get her out of here. No, ma'am. She's great. And she'll be on the show Saturday night. Uh, Brian Brenberg on the panel. Brett Baer is going to be there. I mean, we're doing some real adulting. But, uh, you know, me and Tudor joke around a lot. And it's always like, you know, you should have a solo cup for the interview because usually we both have one. And uh, it's usually just like a nonstop party. But as parents who really do gravitate toward the common sense side of things, there's points she's making, like criminals aren't going to jail. That's dumb. You don't have to be a Republican to feel that way. Crime should not be a political issue. Crime should be an issue of good guys and bad guys. It's just an issue of right and wrong. That's it. doesn't matter who you vote for. When people throw you onto the subway platform in New York City, they don't go, who'd you vote for? No, they just throw you down and take your wallet. If you're lucky, that's as far as it goes. Okay, but the fact that we're putting primal things through the lens of politics is why they're getting worse. Like border security. Both political parties voted for border security. The Republicans did it under George W. Bush. The Democrats did it under Barack Obama. They specifically voted to build a wall. Then Trump was like, build a wall. And they were like, that's racist. What kind of a monster would go out and call for that thing we've already spent money on? That was my favorite argument when they were discrediting Trump in office. They're like, oh, he's not building a wall, said the people who told you walls were racist. They're like, ah, oh, walls are racist, but he's not really building a wall. He's just adding on to the existing wall. Oh, you don't say. So if walls are racist, how the hell is their existing wall there in the first place? I think he's got a point. Yeah, and the point is every one of these people is full of but certain issues, like the border, that's not a shouldn't be a Republican issue. It shouldn't be a Democratic issue. It should be an American issue. Crime, education, okay? These things affect all Americans the same. So the fact that we're trying to create these lines of, of false division, as Tudor was saying, voter ID is racist against black people. No, it's not. It's just an argument they levied because it would make it easier for them to have illegal immigrants voting in our country. That's why the argument was made. So you understand at the end of the day, the pretense is they're just looking out for the black community, but they're ultimately trying to screw them over by bringing in more uh, illegal immigrants who are going to overwhelm the infrastructure in, you know, in inner cities in America where the quality of everything ultimately winds up declining. That's where we find ourselves in this moment. 
So if Tudor Dixon and I, you know, needed to do some adulting, it's because they've kind of forced our hand. You're absolutely right. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, when I was a little kid, my family used to take vacations uh, with other cop families. This was a thing we did a bunch of summers. My dad... The Roberts, good family friends of ours. Uh, we, used to, we used to get a house down in Virginia Beach. We'd go down to Virginia Beach, Virginia, get rowdy. The cops would get drunk and speed around in like a fan boat. My kids would blow up stuff, fireworks, and, you know, all the kind of swamp living you don't get to do on Long Island. Uh, I am not on my way back down to Virginia Beach. Uh, I'm just reminiscing because calling in now from Virginia Beach, John is on the line. Yo, John. Jay, what's going on? This How be- are you, sir? I'm pumped up. This takes me back. We used to vacation in Virginia Beach when we were little kids. <laughs> yeah, man. I was a lifeguard down here at the oceanfront. I remember when Chicho's used to have uh, free beer and 50-cent pizza. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that explains why all the cops that I grew up with were hanging out down there. Okay. Yeah, it was the other way around. It was, it was free pizza and 50-cent beers, but, you know, it might as well have been. <laughs> yeah, either either way, you slice it. That's it. Listen, man. Uh, f- free beer. You, you usually The thing with free beer is you usually wind up paying for it later, if you know what I'm saying. But, <laughs> The porcelain oh. god. <laughs> Thank you. Very well said. Um, take it away. So I, you have a, yes, you have a Biden theory. I want to hear this. Well, you know, as a fellow Italian and a gentleman whose uh, mom worked when he went to school, I was always glad to know that I was in trouble or yeah. there was trouble on the line, right? Mm-hmm, of course. So the ladies, they always talk. So I'm just wondering. I'm sitting back and I'm looking at all this news and I'm searching on the Internet. Why? Miss Jill Biden doesn't have the same style of crowbar being attached to her and the other ladies in the family. I mean, they had grandchildren accepting payments. Yeah. So they must have felt it was okay to go that far, right? What does she know? I know. Isn't that – that's a good point, man. I mean, because you think about this. If Melania Trump's kids, okay, if, say, Baron Trump was getting money that came through 96 shell accounts before it wound up in his pocket. Melania would have taken a perp walk by now on the news. You know what I'm saying? So there is a little bit of a double standard there. I mean, if the Trumps accepted the fifth, the free beer you just described at the top of the phone call, they'd be on the carpet right now. So you raise a good point, John, and that's, you know, we're certainly seeing a different judicial standard depending on the party you belong to, which is a scam. And I'm glad you see things clearly, because after spending time in Virginia Beach, I'm usually seeing double. But it was a great call. Uh, We need more like it. We're going to break. Tommy Lahren around the corner on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are fired up. We got a big hour coming your way. It's Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. An audio safe space for cool people. And all I mean by that is everybody here is welcome, regardless of whether you agree with me, you disagree. None of it matters. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You're all 
Welcome. We only have one rule. We're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. That's it. If you don't like the politicians, you don't agree with the ho- I don't care. You don't it's, it's it's a talk show. It's not a conservative talk show. It's an American talk show. We care about the country, dang it. Freedom! So if you're in on the joke that if you live here, you have American privilege, you have hit the lottery by virtue of the fact that you live in the greatest source of good the world has ever known. We'll get along just fine. You can call in and tell me I'm dumb. You don't agree with my ideas. That's great. Who cares? That's what talk shows are all about, an honest, good-faith exchange of ideas. So you're all welcome to be a part of it. 888-788-9910 with the rule remaining in place for this hour and every hour of Fox Across America, man. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. Just don't be a That's all. So as we embark on this journey, Tommy Laren is going to ride in halfway through the hour, try to restore order, because this one's about to go off the rails. I don't know if you guys noticed, you've been listening to the show lately, but I'm a little punchy. I'm a little loopy. A lot going on, man. TV, radio, I'm about to go back out on my stand-up tour. I'll be everywhere. Uh, If you want to see me live, foxacrossamerica.com. That's where you can get your tickets to see me live. I'm going to be in so many cities. I'm so excited to meet you guys. But I'm loopy. Okay, because everything on my TV, whether it's me on TV being ridiculous on my Saturday night TV show or me on Gutfeld being ridiculous on the Comedy Dwarfs TV show or just our elected officials who are all in a lot of ways just trying to be Instagram influencers. They're not they're not running the country. They're running their Instagram account. And that's why we're in such bad shape. But I've gotten so punchy from covering this stuff the last few days that I wanted to retreat in this hour. And just laugh at something uh, that, to be honest with you, we should all be able to agree on. It's Charles Barkley, okay, who is covering the NBA All-Star Game on TNT. And Charles Barkley, of course, known for his candor. This is not a guy that plays a lot of defense when he's on the air. If it's on his mind, it's on the microphone. And people love the candor of Charles Barkley. Well, what I laughed at over the weekend that I wanted to lead with in this moment is out in... San Francisco, uh, while they were talking about the state of affairs, Charles Barkley gave a very honest assessment (laughs) of the city of San Francisco. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because you don't have to be in San Francisco to know that what he's saying is true about just about every city in America right now. There has been a massive quality of life decline, and it's been brought upon us by a lot of the woke initiatives that run these towns. Everything woke turns to Okay, lock up the bad guys. Okay, that'd be a good first start. Okay, if people have drug problems, get them help. Don't get them more drugs. Okay, this whole embrace of homelessness, this whole embrace of drug use, is no, no, we're going to do this the European way. We'll have safe injection sites. So the kids walking to school in the morning can now step over syringe needles and make their way through a tent city full of time travelers who are arguing with parking meters. This will be good for the kids. Of course it's not good, but it was framed in the name of empathy. Now, Charles Barkley is not on TV talking about the political uh, toll or, you know, the cause for any of these policies. He's just acknowledging on the air what no one else will, that a lot of these cities are hellholes. And I I really appreciated the candor. Uh, this is clip 36. Hey, Reggie. Yes? If you, had a, if you had a chance of being cold or being around a bunch of homeless crooks in San Francisco, when you... Oh, oh that's crazy. Oh. 
you not welcome. Oh, oh, you hey. not welcome. We love San Francisco. No, we don't. <laughs> yes, we do. You can't even walk around down yes, there. Yes, you can walk around. <laughs> yeah, with a bulletproof bag. Hey, Chuck, you live in Philadelphia, Chuck. I live in Arizona. I admire your honesty. I do admire his honesty, but it's hilarious because they're like, we love San Francisco. Listen, I love San Francisco as a kid. I love Joe Montana. I watched Full House. I ate rice aroni <laughs> like the Golden Gate Bridge. I visited San Francisco. It's one of those faraway places you romanticize. You know, if you're growing up in America, there were always cities you'd never been to that you saw on TV all the time. And they held a certain emotional resonance. You know, San Francisco for me was absolutely probably the crown jewel of that. And then I showed up to San Francisco and took a look around and was like, don't get me wrong. The geography of San Francisco is gorgeous, but they have turned it into the world's largest outdoor restroom. And it is overcrowded with homeless people and street criminals. And it's the reason it's being done is because I mean this, and this is symptomatic of every city's approach to crime and quality of life issues, is because everybody wants to look empathetic in this day and age. They want their brand to look, we're the compassionate people. We're the good people. So we're not going to arrest anyone because they might have had a hard life before they started robbing and raping people on the subway. So we should just let them out in the name of some kind of equality. That's what they're doing. But you understand 90% of violent crime is committed against members of the same race. So if you let out a white violent criminal, there's a good chance his next victim will be a white person. If you let out a black violent criminal, there's a good chance their next victim will be a black person, Latino, Asian, Muslim, and so on and so forth. So what you understand is when you go through society and you take an issue of law and order, of crime and punishment, and you filter it through the lens of empathy, okay, the only people who deserve your empathy are the victims. He knows what he's talking about. And the reason San Francisco is such a dump and the reason Charles Barkley can talk openly about it is because, number one, he has Charles Barkley money and just doesn't care. But number two, because that is the reality in every one of these cities. We fought so many of the wrong battles. And, you know, when you hear that kind of candor to me, it was just refreshing because, you know, if you've been following my media career here at Fox for the past couple of years, you know, I don't have a second gear. I am trapped in whatever this happens to be. You can't like I'm not like a you couldn't write this character. I'm just a thing. OK, I'm just walking around giving it to you the way I see it. And a good percentage of you happen to agree with me. There's actually a word for the people who happen to agree with me. They're called drunks. Correct the mundo. I'm kidding. You're not drunks. You're good people. You're common sense people. Uh, and you're in on the joke. But what you're realizing now is we've started to see the gap shrink between what people believe to be true and what they're willing to say in public. Okay, and that is what I consider the ultimate sign of progress. Like when I wrote a book, the Cancel Culture Dictionary, you can get it at foxnewsbooks.com. You can buy a copy right now. My gosh, only community college graduate on the bestseller list. Pretty funny. But when you write that type of a book, Okay, the thing I was trying to highlight is that cancel culture, weaponized censorship, the outrage mob. They had scared people into complying with ideas that they knew weren't good. Okay, to give you an example, when Leah Thomas, a biological man, began swimming against women, nobody wanted to say anything. 
because they didn't want to be called hateful. They didn't want to be called bigoted. So they shut up and ignored what we all knew to be true. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Okay, that was just, you know, Mr. Rogers. Not exactly a fringe loony, hateful bigot, Mr. Rogers, so mainstream that he was played by Tom Hanks in a movie. But if Mr. Rogers said that today, he'd be lucky if he got played by Tom from MySpace, let alone an icon like Tom Hanks, because they created a divide between what people knew to be true and what they were willing to say in public. I always applaud the Charles Barkleys of the world who speak out honestly about the conditions we all see with our own two eyes, because every time somebody like that does, it makes the rest of society more comfortable leaning into truth. Okay, we need the truth right now more than anything. More than anything, okay? That's why you go on tour and do stand-up, okay? Stand-up comedy works because there's a basic truth in every single joke. Every single joke. I'll give you a good example. Not not talking about me. Dave Chappelle in his new special catches a lot of heat because he makes fun of the transgender community. But understand, when someone makes fun of you at a comedy show, that's a quality. That's a quality. You're being treated as an equal to everyone else that will be made fun of at the show. The comedians will make fun of themselves. They'll make fun of our ruling elites. They'll make fun of commercials. They'll make fun of celebrities. They'll make fun of data. You make fun of everything. That's how comedy works. We're just there to find little tiny truths that we can then accent with humorous takes on statements we all know to be true. So Chappelle tells this great story. Uh, It's really funny. In his new special where he says, okay, when I was really starting to explode on Chappelle's show as a really popular mainstream TV comedian, okay, I got invited to meet Jim Carrey. And I love Jim Carrey. And I always wanted to meet Jim Carrey. This is the story he tells. So at the time I was brought to meet Jim Carrey, he was filming the Andy Kaufman movie Man on the Moon. He goes, and I didn't know when I went to the movie set that Jim Carrey does everything in character, even between takes. So if you're on set for 12 hours, in between takes, when they're not shooting and he's just hanging out in his trailer, you still have to address him as Andy Kaufman. Okay, and when they shoot, he's Andy Kaufman. And when they rap shooting, he's Andy Kaufman. The guy stays in character for the duration of the project. He said, so there I am, after being a lifelong fan of this dude, Finally getting to meet him, except I've got to address him as Andy Kaufman the whole time. But deep down, all I know is that I'm looking at this and going, that's Jim Carrey. He goes, and that's how I feel when I'm talking to a transgender person. (laughs) Again, you can tell me you're now a woman and you identify as a woman, but the whole time I'm listening to you. I feel like I'm talking to the to a man, okay? And again, I can pretend I can play along. It's just how I feel. Now, the reason the joke worked is because it's how a lot of people feel. Yeah, we'll play along. It's America. You can identify as whatever you want, okay? If you're over the age of 18, do anything you want to your body, okay? Of course, your freedom. We support that. You know, I don't actually think as a parent— You should be genetically altering your children before they've had a chance to grow into their full bodies. I think that's barbaric. Okay, kids go through phases. The idea that you should permanently alter your child's body 
before they've even had a chance to grow into their adult self, I think really is negligent and barbaric. I think a lot of parents who are doing it are wrong. And I don't think, you know, that means you should demonize your kid if they feel like they're in the wrong body. That doesn't mean you should attack them and they don't have the right to exist. I just think, you know, this should be the type of gradual thing, okay, that people grow into and accept long term. And I only know that because I've raised a kid who has evolved quite a bit over time. Lincoln is the biggest sports fan I know. He talks to me exclusively through his consumption of sports. Okay, but two years ago, he didn't like them, didn't play them, didn't watch them, didn't care for them, didn't want to be around them. And then one day, post-pandemic, we were having a catch, and he suddenly liked sports again. He played sports video games, and he got out of the house, and he grew up. The idea that I could have permanently froze his lifestyle before he found his true passion in life to me as a parent is like barbaric. Okay, but the point is, a lot of people feel the way I do, but they weren't comfortable saying that two or three years ago because they didn't want to be shamed out of the public square. Okay, but the Charles Barkleys of the world that will talk openly about how lousy the conditions are in a city without worrying about whether or not that sounds empathetic or tolerant or the Dave Chappelle's of the world that will tell jokes that are marinated in basic truths, they're not doing so, so from a place of hatred or division. Okay, they get characterized as, you know, this speech is violence. But anybody who tells you speech is violence is just telling you they've never experienced real violence. Okay, believe me, I've been beat up and attacked in a cab. I never drove back to the garage going, wow, it's a good thing they didn't call me names. (laughs) You know, that screwdriver into the arm really hurt when the guy was running out on the bill and he stabbed me. But it's a good thing he didn't call me a mean name (laughs) instead. That would have been way worse. Okay, but the point is, uh, in this hour, Tommy Lahren's going to come on. I have no idea what she's going to say, and I don't care because we live in America and people need to feel freely in speaking their minds because here's a news flash if the truth ain't free then we ain't free bingo the critics have spoken well that was different it rousy but different you're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon there it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon making some moves behind the scenes. We're adding more stand-up dates to our tour. I'm going to go hang out with you, maniacs. Do you want to hear the full list of approved dates? Now, I want you to understand. Tickets for all of my shows are at foxacrossamerica.com. Uh, if you've never been to one of these, you need to go once, okay? And you're going to be, well, this time around, we're going to be filming these for my Saturday night TV show. Uh, we're going to be filming additional footage for Fox Nation. So if you show up to one of these shows and you heckle me, uh, you're probably going to wind up on TV. <laughs> this could be a problem. No, come on. Not at our shows. Our shows are a great hangman. It's the thing, okay? We're building something that's so unique in media, and it's so unique to Fox News specifically. Like, every, if you turn on Fox News this weekend, Someone's doing an event, like Jesse Waters going to a bookstore, Kilmeade's giving some speech, or Jimmy's doing a comedy show. You know, every single weekend, whether it's Cat Tim or Tyrus, DeVito, Mackie, guys like that, we're on the road, okay? But even the big-name people, the Brett Bears of the world, okay, the Dana Perinos of the world, they're all out there meeting people because we are regular folk. Do you think anybody over at MSNBC is doing a public meet-and-greet this weekend? <laughs> They don't want to hang out with you. They don't like themselves, let alone you. That's true. That is true. You know how much contempt they have for the rank-and-file Americans out there who just work normal jobs, just pay taxes and try to raise a family in relative safety and affordability? They consider you the flyover states, the dirtbags, the people to look down upon.
Okay, the reason Fox News works is we hang out with the real people. Okay, we represent America. Okay, I understand there's America, and yeah, we live in the United States of America. But where do you think all the funds being had? The funds being had in America. You are correct, sir. That apostrophe before the M. That's how you know there's good fireworks and cheap beer. <laughs> Fun people. Okay. Fast cars, good ladies, you know, that whole thing. My hobbies are fast cars and fast women. Well, then you got to hang out in America. Okay, America, different animal. Okay, you're dealing with a whole, you know, whole nother animal now. I mean, you know, you still got fast women. I'm not telling you they're not out there, but you got to be careful because some of them fast women uh, also have Adam's apples. That can't be good. You know, it's a different different party in America uh, than it is in America. But the point is, I'm going on a tour that'll take me all the way through America. Okay, Idaho Falls, little Sacramento action, be in Helena, Montana, Spokane. We'll be in Federal Way outside of Seattle, but then we'll be in Boise, Idaho the next night. Then we're going to Huntsville, Alabama. Doesn't get any more America than that, April 13th. And May 11th, we're in Sarasota, Florida. Then we're down in Orlando. Then we'll be at the Schubert Theater in Boston. Then we'll be in Indianapolis, June 1st. Then we're going to the Majestic in Dallas, June 7th. Then we're going to Pottstown, Pennsylvania, June 15th. Then we're going to Jersey, Red Bank, New Jersey, June 22nd. Then we're going to Henderson, Nevada, July 5th. Pikes Peak in Colorado Springs on the 13th. And then we're going to Biloxi, Mississippi on the 26th. Doesn't get any more America than that, ladies and gentlemen. Freedom! It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, back in action. The band sounds fired up because they are. Joining us now, a multimedia sensation. The host of Tommy Lahren is Fearless on OutKick, a fan favorite on this show, despite her frequent insults of the host's wardrobe. Tommy Lahren is back to clean up her act, or is she? Hello. I wouldn't count on it, Jimmy. I wouldn't count on any cleaning from me, but we'll see how it goes. Lahren, I got to tell you, man, every every time I think you and me are going to turn the corner in this friendship, because here's the thing about us. Most people get along on the air but despise each other off the air. We fight on the air, but when I meet you, you're my favorite person in the world. Well, I think the big problem is, Jimmy, that you're a Nikki Haley fan. So <laughs> I think that that's where you and I, you know, we need to have some words. Yo, you sound like one of my, the advertisers. Someone on one of my stations, because I, I, I had Nikki Haley on, and someone wrote me like a really aggressive, like, how dare you put this woman on the air? And I was like, wow. So uh, you might have been hanging out with one of my affiliates out in California, but uh, I laugh. Uh, Nikki Haley, just so we're clear, when the 2025 inauguration happens on the steps of the Capitol, I do believe she'll be giving a speech nearby declaring victory, will she not? Yes, I, she is very good at that. You know, another <laughs> special announcement today saying that she's not going to give up until the very end. Well, when her money dries up, she will give up. I think that's a, a better announcement she could have made. But whoever's funding her, I'm not sure who it is. Whoever's funding her is just going to keep this laugh train going. I guess it gives us a, a little bit of content. I mean, I'm not titillated by Nikki Haley, but I guess some people are. That's funny. We're talking to Tommy Lahren. Uh, listen, I laugh because I guess what's happening is 
the people that are cutting her checks are essentially like trying to hedge bets in case one of these lawfare efforts by the Democrats works. Is that probably what's happening? Like if Trump got convicted of a felony or the Democrats, you know, realize their pipe dream of getting him off the ballot, then they need somebody to stick in. But do you think it's a bad idea? Like those people should just save their money. And if heaven forbid Trump was politically incapacitated, you know, the primary just starts over. Yeah, so Nikki Haley um, is not the second choice. I don't think she's even the third choice. I think if something were to happen to Donald Trump to make him, you know, ineligible or unable to run, which I don't think is going to happen, by the way. I don't yeah. think a man would ever give up. Truly, I don't no, think he would ever give up. No, he wouldn't. But if something crazy were to happen, the second choice has always been Ron DeSantis. It has never been Nikki Haley, at least on the Republican side. So her little game of being a buzzard waiting in the wings for something to happen, honestly, it just reeks of desperation. And I just cannot wait to get rid of seeing her on my television, seeing her in her, her, her dresses. It looked like she got, uh, you know, from Talbot's or Chico's. And I just can't. <laughs> watch it anymore. Tommy Laren is calling Nikki Haley a well-paid buzzard. I find this wildly entertaining. Uh, does this mean she will not be co-hosting your Outkick show? Yeah, I don't think she would come on my Outkick show uh, anytime <laughs> soon because I have been going after her since before Don Lemon went after her, which, by the way, was the highlight of her entire campaign, by the way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate that happening any day soon. Well, can you spare a word for the woman who probably led to Don Lemon being fired? I mean, hasn't she kind of contributed a net positive in that regard? No, I don't. I don't think so, and I don't think that that's what got Don Lemon fired. I think there were many, many other things. But you know what Don Lemon said? It, it wasn't nice, and uh-huh. it was inappropriate, and it was a little misogynistic. Was it entirely incorrect? I'm not sure. He's talking about when women are in their prime, and you know what? He's allowed to have an opinion about that. I might not agree with his opinion, yeah. but he's not entirely wrong. You know, if he's talking about. When women are in their prime to to him. Yeah. No, uh, you know, again, uh, I'll give you that. But I want Don Lemon's opinion on women once I get OJ's opinion on marriage. You know, not exactly. Not exactly the expert. And I will say this, though. uh, Anyone who tells you women over 50 or past their prime has never seen my search history. Oh, boy. Another, no, and that's something I do not want to Another see. conversation for another time, Tommy. Uh, on the other side of this aisle, okay, we've got this thing happening with the Democrats where they're now trotting out people every day to tell us Biden is sharp as attack. Now, I bring that up because I find this funny. Okay, because the the America that knows Joe Biden is what you and I frequently describe him as, which is, you know, a bit of a mess. Okay, but they're trying to do this other thing now, which is tell us there's this really sharp Biden that we don't see in public, but that's how he is behind closed doors. Doesn't that strike you as that old story where a guy claims he has a really hot girlfriend, but she doesn't live around here? A hundred percent, but even they don't believe it. And even when you see, I think, Klobuchar try to do it the other day, they try to pass it off like, oh, well, when I have a meeting with him, he is fully functional and he can speak and he can sit down. It's like, okay, this is the barometer for the president of the United States. That's the barometer for a rescue puppy, not for the president. (laughs) They told him to sit and he gets a treat if he sits. That's the dog tricks, though, they're treating they're teaching Biden, though. He doesn't give paw. He 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 opens the border. They're like, good boy. It's not pretty, Tommy. It's not pretty. Do you think he's staying on the ticket or do you think he's coming off? You know I've been saying this. Honestly, I I, I would like this on the record. Since January 2023, 
So over a year now, I have been saying that Gavin Newsom is going to be the nominee. I believe Joe Biden on on his way to California. I would not be surprised if there weren't some conversations happening wherein Gavin says, put me in coach. And Joe Biden probably doesn't know what that means, but somebody will tell him. (laughs) Put me in coach. He's going to make Newsom fly coach class on Southwest. (laughs) He's like, no, no. That's not what I meant. I wanted to be in the game. No, it's good analysis. I just give you a chance to update your take based on, you know, events, because what's happening is they're definitely hitting that critical mass moment where even people on the left, like the New York Times, to their credit, they've lied about everything during the Trump era, but they're at least acknowledging the fact that the public has a lot of doubts about Biden's ability to do the gig. So does that make you think the DNC kind of gave left-wing outlets permission to kind of talk about this, to maybe trial balloon the idea of getting Biden off the ticket? Because Biden's you know cognitive condition has kind of been terrible for the last three years, but the fact that they're only talking about it now almost makes me think Somebody kind of whispered in their ears it was okay. I think at some point after he was elected in 2020, I think they thought, okay, we're going to be able to get through this. You know, we're going to put a Band-Aid on a bullet hole and we will just get him through. And then it got worse and worse and worse. And if you look back at footage or speeches from Joe Biden from 2020, 2021, he seems like a better version of himself then. And that wasn't that long ago compared to what he is now. So now I think they're getting to the point where it's like, okay, we can't even patch this up anymore. Now it's time. We're getting closer to spring closer to summer when this is all going to go down. So it's going to be like a slow oozing leak of getting rid of Joe. An infection, if you will. (laughs) Talking to Tommy Lahren, the host of Tommy Lahren is fearless on OutKick. Uh, Tommy had like no filter at all before it became a cool thing to kind of, you know, loosen up your speech a little bit, which as did I as a comedian, I want us to have credit for this. Have you noticed though, like a lot of the people Uh, out there in mainstream America are starting to speak their mind a little more? Like, do you feel like we're starting to win the battle against the outrage mob a little bit? You know, I I would like to think so, but it just depends on who you are. I think the left got tired of being canceled, so they decided that they were going to rewrite the rules so it was okay for them. But we all know that conservatives still can't say what we want. And when I say can't say, we certainly can say it. Yeah. It's just we will be ridiculed and you know potentially canceled, pressured to be fired, all of those things. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're running up against right now. And the apology machine is still out there for anybody that goes too far. Even in comedy, most of them end up having to apologize unless they are very, very well-known and have a ton of money in the bank. Most of them end up walking the line at the end of the day. Bunch of wusses. That's why we love Tommy Lahren. Uh, And, of course, your undying support for Nikki Haley as well. Yes, I support her. Just please leaving wherever Hillary Clinton went when she was out hiking in the woods after 2016. That's where Nikki Haley needs to take a hike. Yo, is that not a good outkick show, Hiking with Hillary? I mean, hiking with Hillary and Haley sounds like a great idea. I'm not sure on outkick, but I'm sure that there's some failed CNN Plus platform it would do well but let me let me jump in here though okay because you know i love everyone at outkick would they not have some fun with the idea that like it's a hiking with hillary and she takes you through where all the bodies are buried from people who opposed the clintons over the years and curiously died under weird circumstances would you not watch that 
I would watch it. I don't think you're ever going to see that happening. But I'd also say, Jimmy, last time we brought on someone in Outkick, they took over your set. So I would be careful <laughs> what you wish for. <laughs> you got to be careful who you let into the tent. These are all good points. And I appreciate you bringing that up with a wink and a nod. I know I know which joke you just told me, and I know which joke the viewers heard. Uh, Tommy Lahren, we love you, man, uh, despite the fact that you're a little hard on the chubby radio hosts here at Fox News. Well, hey, listen, uh, I, I always promise to be honest with you, transparent, cancel culture, be damned. Always great to talk to you, Jimmy. <laughs> the best. I'll see you soon. Tommy Laren. no fan, no fan of Nikki Haley. Did you? I'm, Nikki Haley gave a three-hour speech today. Tommy was basically like, oh, shut up, woman. She's had it. And it would seem like it's a well-financed vulture campaign in that she is just hanging around in hopes that Trump gets taken off the ticket. There's no way to beat him head to head. Like there's there's there is no way to be. I mean, if they started debating and she had big moments, but they're not going to debate. I mean, if you're up 40 points, remember that scene in Fargo, the beginning of the movie where Steve Buscemi is like, I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. I didn't come here to debate. OK, that's kind of where we are in the primary season right now. He's like, I'm not going to debate you, Nikki. I didn't come here to debate so if the legal system were to incapacitate Trump, I think what you'd ultimately see is all the other candidates parachute right back into the race, the Ron DeSantis's of the world. OK, but I don't think we're headed there. Um, I think we're headed to Funtown, uh, where the Democrats are going to try to drag this dementia riddled thing as far along as they can. And then if that doesn't work, I think Gavin Newsom's going to parachute in with his hunky good looks and try to sell us on the idea of making America California. Uh, the good news is California is beautiful. It's got a lot of palm trees and nice oceanfront views. The bad news is you got to keep your eyes glued to the sidewalk because you don't know what you might step in. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A very inventive, troubled comedian. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth. Tommy Laren is a little rough on Nikki Haley. So in the effort of providing equal time to all candidates, we bring on uh, a female caller who is uh, still very much supportive of the South Carolina governor. Crystal joins us from North Dakota. Hey, Crystal. Hey there, my friend. Uh, I listen to you all the time. Whoa! And I, well, I do. I love this show. I'm a, I have Fox Radio on all day long. Oh, I love that. All day long. Thanks. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, a year ago, everything was wide open. We mm-hmm. had no idea who was going to be running and who we would uh, mm-hmm. support. And I put my money down on Nikki Haley. Good. Um, I was a little disappointed when Donald Trump said anybody who supports her is not going to be part of the Make America Great Again crowd. Yep. And... You would not believe how many people donated money to her that same night. I mean, in January, she raised $16 million, and Mm -hmm. a lot of these people are Republicans. I'm a Republican. Yep. I've been a Republican all my life. Yep. Um, And go ahead. She's a governor, for Pete's sake. She brought jobs to South Carolina. Her policies are the ones that brought the jobs. Yep. Went from 11% down to, what, 3% unemployment? Mm-hmm. I mean, she did fantastic. Oh, listen, can I just give you something? So I've had Nikki on sure. the show quite a bit. 
and I've had her on my TV show. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. good, 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 good. I find her to be very genuine and sincere off the air too, meaning she's as invested in this emotionally as she is, you know, commercially, meaning career-wise. And uh, she genuinely does care about the direction of the country. Her appeal to me, just so you understand, is that I know she could win the general election. So I don't dismiss her. I think the problem the Republican Party has is the primary is a completely different contest than the general. So in the primary, it would seem like it's obviously Trump's because he has such hardened support amongst the majority of the party, not all of the party. People like yourself certainly see it differently. But the reality is in the general, he is a much tougher battle than conservative media outlets are willing to admit. Like, I admit it every day. Uh, it is not a slam dunk election. And if Trump, if somehow Biden comes off the ticket and Gavin Newsom is the nominee, the Republican Party should <laughs> have a really hard time beating him. As bad as California is, he's yeah. a good politician. Well, yeah, but here, but okay, I, I, I see your point. But there's a huge amount of un. What do you want to call them? There are people who have not voted before in a primary, and they are going to her rallies. Mm -hmm. For the past uh, week, and as well as the rest of this week, in her tour bus, she's going from place to place to place and getting new people um, who who have not voted in primaries before. And those people aren't getting polled. So I'm anxious to find out what's the final tally to see who does show up. And there are some independents. Because they don't necessarily like Biden, but they are kind of skeptical about Donald Trump, too. Of and course. And she gives that choice and she gives that middle. So what I, I guess what I'm saying is, though, because it does sure. look if nothing changes, Trump is going to win the nomination. So what do you think? Do you think Nikki is staying on because Trump might get, crim- you know, com- convicted of a felony? Like, what do you think her end game is? Well, and I don't think that's part of the criteria, but it is a factor. It could happen. Uh, you know, for all I know, both Biden or uh, Donald Trump could end up in the hospital for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then we need to have uh, Plan B. Yep. I, I would highly go for Plan B with her. Uh, and, you know, as long as the money is coming in, there's support. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's ridiculous to think it's all Democrats. It's not. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are people who seriously are financing her from Texas mm-hmm. and New York as well as North Dakota. Well, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to ride that horse. I dig it. To the end. Listen, uh you have yeah. you have done the flag proud uh out there in North Dakota. <laughs> uh that's what we are going to I'll get they're going to tease me now because now I'm going to be like your best friend instead of the North Dakota boys. <laughs> oh, no, you stop it, Crystal. You haven't sold out to the big city elites yet cuz I'm not one no. of them, so I can't help you. Hey. But okay, I'm coming. We're working on a trip to Fargo. You better be there, girlfriend. Absolutely. And I will say hi to Scott Hannon on your behalf. Okay. And I listen, by the time I get there, it could be late April. I might bring Nikki Haley because she might not have anything to do. Maybe she can well, open the show. Be, wouldn't that be a fantastic? <laughs> Crystal. What an honor. Brilliant okay. call. A very good reasoned analysis. Take a bow, girlfriend. Way to close the show. There she goes. The great Crystal out in Fargo, North Dakota. Get her out. Get her out of here. I kid. We love Crystal. And we love the flag. We are working hard to get out there and come hang with the flag. My travel schedule now, it's like a different animal. Now I'm like guns and roses. I used to just like, yeah, you want me to come tell some jokes? I'll be over in an hour. Now there's like lawyers and travel and TV shows and field producers, parole officers, things like that. You know, half of the people on my TV crew aren't allowed within 500 feet of a school. 
so you can't just perform at any old venue because if my producer Al shows up, the buzzer goes up. You know, it's a whole to-do. So there are logistics, but we are working behind the scenes with the Flag family because they were an early adapter to the Fox Across America movement, and we owe everybody a damn Jimmy Fallon appearance in Fargo. Did that sound sincere? Scott Hannon made me read it uh, off an index card. I kid, we're coming, uh, and we're going. This show is uh, just about over. If you want to see me live, foxacrossamerica.com. If you want an autographed copy of my book, jimmysignedbook.com, or you can just buy it unautographed at foxnewsbooks.com. Either way, I thank you for having excellent taste in radio uh, and for lowering the intellectual bar enough that my ramblings could pass off as informative content. But the show is over. Pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.